Welcome to the ERMI Podcast. This is Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at ERMI. And in this episode, we're going to bring you a snap talk from the 2022 ERMI Construction Risk Conference titled Mitigate Risk by Empowering Field Leadership by Tricia Kager of Jordan Foster Construction. In her talk, Tricia sheds light on the problem with top-down structures that silence the voice of the field worker and provides insight into how to empower and develop future generation of field leaders. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming. I'm here to talk to you about mitigating risk by empowering field leadership. And this is a passion of mine as a woman that works in the construction industry. And I see every day that we invest a lot of time and effort in leadership for executives and being on having the privilege of being an executive myself. There seems to be plenty of different leadership skills, training, and speakers, and education for leaders within the organization at the highest levels. And yet, when you go out in the field, it's often something that's overlooked. And yet, we all buy insurance, right? We're at a risk managers conference, and we're here to talk about the best ways to purchase our insurance. And if any of you have ever had any experience with SDI, or CSIPs, or OSIP, or wrap-ups, we insure 80% of the project is what's going on in the field. The other 20% is the management and supervision. And yet when you look at when we invest in our leadership skills for those that are making the biggest impact in the construction industry, are they in the office? They're in the field. So 80% of the success of a project is based on the quality of the communication, the quality of how our leaders lead in the field, and yet they get the least amount of training and education on how to be intentional leaders. So from a risk management perspective, I believe we need to flip that dynamic and it's time for us to intentionally invest in our field leaders. So we need to make sure that our field leaders know what's expected of them, know how, what it means to be a leader within the organization, what is the culture of the organization that we're expecting them to multiply, and know where they can go for help and feel comfortable asking for help. And how many of us can say in our organizations, in construction, that this is happening on a consistent basis with field leadership? I've been in the construction industry for more than 20 years. And at Jordan Foster, I've had the opportunity to work very intentionally about empowering our field safety leaders. So we started with safety because it's the one thing that everybody can agree on, right? It's the one thing that we can all champion and get around as leaders in the construction industry that we must do a good job. We are doing dangerous work every day, and we need to make sure that the people that are working on our projects go home safely. And what happens, what I see is when someone is really good at a trade or a craft, one day somebody thinks it's a great idea to promote that person. And we just assume that by osmosis, that person will be very good at leading those that are performing their craft. And there's a disconnect. 
So we don't invest in them. We don't make sure that they have communication skills. And so we need to intentionally create a vocabulary that's expressed in visual tools that creates an objective common language related to leadership that facilitates productive communication and guess what we get? Healthy worksite cultures. Anybody heard the, I mean, I'm sure you all have heard that culture eats strategy for lunch and we see it every day on, in construction. We can have the best design, which, okay, sometimes that doesn't happen, but we can dream. We have the best pre-qualifications process. You can get the best trade partners on your project. And for some reason, if the leadership and field that's responsible for 80% of the success of the project doesn't have the right communication skills, doesn't understand what it's like to be on the other side of them, and they're doing what they've always done, that's how we end up with project issues like construction defect claims and rework and safety problems and productivity problems. And so I think we can do a better job. We've been very successful implementing a program that it's called Giant Worldwide Leadership, and we've intentionally identified field safety leaders, and we've actually trained them not just on how to be better safety professionals and what they need to know about safety, but also on leadership skills as well. And it starts with knowing yourself to lead yourself. As leaders, what is it like to be on the other side of you? How do someone respond to your leadership style? Because there's nature and nurture. We all start with a personality, whether we like it or not. And we're born with one. And that creates our tendencies, what we tend to do with our personality. And then there's the culture. There's the nurture, how we were raised, what we've seen work, what's success, what's happened, what's worked for us in the past. That creates our patterns of behavior that result in actions. Those actions lead to consequences. And that creates our reality. And I believe that in the construction industry, because I've been here for 20 years and I've seen it myself and I've actually tried to be that way myself, is that what we have is a very dominant culture. Traditional construction is all about, you do it because I told you to. And how many times am I going to have to tell you? And if you don't do it, then you're going to be thrown off the project. And that dominating high challenge, low support culture, that leadership style, it's, I call it the bro code. It's that, that male dominated bro code culture of you're going to do it my way or the highway. And if you're not going to sign up to do it my way, you're out. In that environment, does that really, it really doesn't create a lot of collaborative communication. So if we have a situation where one trade is behind, or like all of us, they're having challenges with finding workers to work. In that dominating culture, the initial response is going to be, you figure it out, you have your crew here tomorrow, or there's going to be held pay and we'll throw you off. What if we tried something different? What if we tried a liberating culture where it was high support and high challenge, where there was collaborative communication about how can we change the critical path? How can we have other trades work to support you? What do you need to be successful? That's how you make a difference. The other st leadership styles that I see in construction are protect. 
where, oh, I've known this trade. He's a good hand. We've known him forever. So I'm going to do everything I possibly can to protect him because it's, he's going to bring it in on, on schedule. He's going to throw safety out the window. He's going to throw quality out the window, but he'll be there. When we protect them, that's called a high support, low challenge, and we accept the status quo. And then there's abdicate, where, oh, they're not going to do it anyway. We'll just work around them. We'll just, we'll just have to figure out a way to work around this trade, this person. We'll drag them across the finish line. That's abdicate, a culture of apathy and low expectations. And those are where we really need to be is always striving for the highest possible good for the people that we lead and for the sites that we're working on, and that's liberating leadership. But it requires communication skills, it requires showing up to have difficult conversations, and it requires an entirely different skill set related to communication and leadership. And it starts with, back to where I mentioned earlier about the skills intelligence, right? So a lot of times in construction, People that get are in leaders in the field, they were good at what they did. They know the construction industry. They know their trade. They know how to read a schedule. They're excellent at their skills. They're the best, the maestros. But until the construction industry embraces that it might be a good idea to have some personality intelligence so that we know what it's like to be on the other side of us, and how do we liberate people to be leaders worth following? That's where you make a difference. That's where you mitigate risk. And then there's the emotional intelligence. When all we do is hammer and hammer and hammer, and we expect a different result at the end of the day, it's kind of like insanity, right? When you push and push and push a trade, and then all of a sudden, you're saying, oh, hey, would you do me a favor? You think they're going to do you a favor on the next project? No, they will not. But none of this, at the core of it, the core value is having leaders in the field that understand and are intentionally educated on emotional intelligence, skills intelligence, and personality intelligence. That's how you create a liberated workforce. And that's how you make a difference. And it is a risk that we have within our industry until we start investing in the people that have the most responsibility for the success of our projects, how to teach them how to be better leaders. We will continue to have the problems that we have, and we will continue to be setting ourselves up and our projects up to fail. My goal is to teach and educate our field leaders one person at a time and give them the skill sets to be better communicators and to give them a path to a better future. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Army podcast recorded at the 2022 Army Construction Risk Conference. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to automatically download future episodes and consider sharing it with your friends. Thanks for listening.